0: Hey y'all, I'm Nikki.
1: And I'm Selena, and this is Sweet Tea TV, a podcast by two Southerners exploring and celebrating the better parts of Southern culture on TV and in entertainment.
0: In our first season, we'll dive into the iconic show Designing Women, a series far ahead of its time, following four strong, brazen women right here in our backyard, Atlanta.
1: So join us as we break down each episode and discuss what they got right, what they got wrong and how this show holds thirty plus years later. Come on, let's get into it. Hey, Nikki.
0: Hey, Selena.
1: I feel like one day, one day, not today, I'm gonna find a less awkward way to start this with you. But it's not today, so
0: <laughs> today's not the today day.
1: It's not the day. Uh, so just real quick before we jump into episode seven. We're close to Tim. That's so close to Tim. We're
0: 10. moving along.
1: Um, which is Perky's visit. We'll get into the Hulu description shortly, or you will. I just wanted to do two things that are related to um, our southernness here. They're like okay. pop culture things, like on oh. TV specifically, just to flag for you. One um, is Cruel Summer. Have you heard of this? Yes. Was it because of me?
0: No. Oh, Good. No, I think it was because of People. dot com and or Buzzfeed.
1: Okay, so do you know what it's about then? Vaguely. All right. So, I mean, I don't want to spend too long on it, but it's it it's it, Jessica Bill's like a producer, I think, and it's it's mm-hmm. like a who done it suspenseful kind of show that follows essentially two teenage girls in nineteen ninety three, ninety four, and ninety five, and it looks at like the same days. Like on every episode across each one of those years and things that have changed, changed across those years. One girl was abducted. The other girl, the TV is the TV show is like implicating her as being somehow knowing or being involved at some level in this girl's abduction,
0: Um,
1: even though she's no longer abducted. It really is. It's so good. But I'm mentioning it because it's um, it takes place in Texas. Which mm-hmm. we're currently in an argument. I'm in an argument myself over, over whether or not that's the South. <laughs> and I'm only in an argument because if and when people start listening to this, they may have some something to say about us calling it part of the South. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about Nikki's Nibbles. That's N-I-B as in boy, B as in boy, L-E-S. <laughs> and they make a Whataburger reference. And so I was mm. just thinking about, and Whataburger is a Texas thing. And I was just thinking, like, you know, 35 years passes and like people really finally, they're like, you know what? We're going to use a Texas chain.
0: So good for them. Good for them. That makes me proud. Not in
1: 1986 and not on Designing Women, but there you go.
0: Sure. Um, can I just ask, what do you think the odds are that they listen to my Nikki's Nibbles and be as in boy, be as in boy, L E S? And that's what made them choose that.
1: I want to say that it's high, except for we just, uh, I think that uh episode released after your Nikki's nibbles in your inaugural.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. After
1: that had already come out and after it was made.
0: But other than So that, you don't think they fixed it real quick.
1: Uh you know what? We don't really know that.
0: Who who's to Who say? Who is
1: to say? I mean maybe Jessica <laughs> Beale is like, you know what? These two girls, they got it going on. These She listens. Yeah, these two ladies. Uh and my second plug is actually a Designing Women cast member. Did you know that Gene Smart is in a television show right now?
0: Oh, my gosh. I just found that out.
1: Yeah. So it's uh, Mayor of Easttown. Oh, I hope that's really it.
0: We were watching something on TV and a commercial came up. And I said, that's her. That's Gene Smart. And Kyle was like, who? And I was like, from Designing Women. And then, like, a little later, he brought it up again. And he goes, that lady, Jennifer... Jeannie, what did you say? It's like, Gene, smart, man, come on.
1: Yeah, he's going to have to get with it.
0: He is. Don't tell him I said that. (laughs) Uh, Well, he listens. surely. He'll find out himself. Right, Kyle?
1: (laughs) Right. So this is, uh, I'm starting to quiz Casey as well. So we'll see. Are they (laughs) passing the test? But anyway, so she is in this show, um, Gene Smart, who plays Charlene. I don't know if we said that or not. The Charlene part. So just want to throw that on in there. And I'm just going to say that this is not a Southern show. It takes place in Philadelphia. Um, they have an interesting not accent. Interested. Did you say you're not interested? <laughs> <laughs> All to say that you're not going to hear a Southern version of Gene Smart. You'll hear the Philly version. But it's a really good show. Because anything with Kate Winslet, I hate, I hate to tell you, it is amazing. <laughs> I don't know why i hate to tell you but i hate to tell you
0: i know i was gonna say don't you love to tell us
1: i love to tell you uh so that was my two quick plugs that at five minutes and 26 seconds that's still the quickest i've ever been so i'm working on it um Perfect. So there you go. Two Southern things, guys. Kind of, sort of. We got a relationship to designing women. We got a maybe Texas is Southern. We'll keep on having that debate amongst ourselves here. And then it's really just me. Nikki's like, I don't care, Selena. I'm trying to get to this episode description.
0: Well, I'm trying to decide if I should tell you. My friend told me this morning while you're plugging other TV shows that Friday Night Lights, which takes place in Texas, the TV show, uh, is on Hulu now. We were having trouble finding it streaming. It's available on Hulu now.
1: Oh well, all right. So there you yeah. go. Well, I think that's on our list too, isn't it? It should so, be. Well, we're just we, you're southern. I'm sorry, <laughs> um, you're southern for the purposes uh. of our podcast. Um, so with that in mind, and now that we've gone into all of those things, lady, would you like to take us through the episode description of Perky's visit and break for the audience? Who is perky
0: let's find out hulu says julia and suzanne's mother aka perky arrives with a friend hoping to escape the dull routine of their retirement home by visiting sugar bakers for thanksgiving and they find more excitement than they had ever hoped for
1: i like this description and i'm just gonna say because it's like it's a total it's first of all it's thanksgiving What's not to like.
0: Uh-huh. Sure.
1: It's a food based around holiday.
0: <laughs> it's a holiday based around well, food. Well, I
1: just figured I'd go ahead and finish out my mess up. <laughs> but yeah, I was just going to take you all the way. It's a holiday based around food. And I like Thanksgiving episodes because I feel like the whole point, no matter what Thanksgiving episode you watch, is to bring together this weird cast of characters that shouldn't be together. That's like the check check mark of a good thanksgiving episode and then shenanigans
0: ensue um so and i feel like you get an you get extra credit if someone can't cook but they're responsible for cooking
1: uh not that we're foreshadowing anything oh yeah let's see if that happens who knows that could be the big thing right and that's what we get right we, we yeah. sort of open the show. Suzanne is preparing a big Thanksgiving because her and Julia's mom, as the description kind of outlined there is coming to town. And, um, and then we also in the scene, I'm just going to say, I'll go ahead and just jump to the point that Julia and Mary Jo have a bad experience at the bank, but we can cover the Thanksgiving part first, if that's okay. Uh, sure. Or the preparations.
0: Sure. Well, our bingo card, like, leveled up this time because not only does it open with Charlene on the phone, she's crying. So she's on the phone and crying. So I feel like somehow that counts for extra credit.
1: I like that. I mean, I don't like that she's crying. I know. I mean, it's kinda it, sad. Well, it was kind of sad, but also, like, there's, like, the audience laughter that they've got piped in, which yeah. is so lovely. Um, but, well, spoiler, Mason is moving to Tokyo. We haven't seen him since episode three, but they're still together. Right. And uh, Charlene is devastated, yeah, so uh to your point, Suzanne is learning how to cook yeah. on Thanksgiving <laughs> and Char-
0: the day before. Charlene tells her that's a terrible time to learn how to cook.
1: Uh, yes, and we sort of and this is really the plot device, I think, to tell us who all we should be seeing at Thanksgiving, which is supposedly going to be mary joe, j d um you know the uh Suzanne and Julia's mom their mom's friend and to charlene's point they're all going to be expecting da, 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 food so um and then we kind of get to the next because it that's kind of like our opener i think that would be our cold open that thing that you told me in our last episode selena move on nobody cares <laughs> but that's kind of that's our that's our shtick i say things nikki looks at me like i'm dumb you guys can't see it but she does it with like a really pretty smile on her face so y'all can't see that either.
0: I don't know what she's talking yeah, about. Yeah,
1: whatever could she be talking about? Um, so Anthony pops in briefly. Uh, he's been at Tommy Thompson's house, which is one of their clients. Right. I wanted to say that at the very end of the episode, <laughs> in the rolling credits, Tommy Thompson, uh-huh. did you notice this? He's the unit manager. I don't know what that oh. is, but it's some kind of manager for the show. So it's funny. So they use his name. Oh, that is funny. Yeah. And I love it when they do that on shows. I don't. I don't know if that ever they didn't have to go far. Yeah. They didn't have to be terribly creative. Uh, no, uh, but I think that's such a nice nod because you know, people who are on the show, like behind the scenes, they don't really always get a lot of credit, especially if you're not like the showrunner or like really well known. I So I think it's cool when they slip in the names like this. Yeah. Um, that's off topic, but I couldn't help myself because I thought that was nice. Um, but anyway, so he's been at Tommy Thompson's house Um Or he was supposed to be, he's like laid on some deliveries. I I don't think that's really the most important part. The most important part is, well, he says two things. First, he relays like a kind of weird story where he's talking about how basically Tommy and like uh, his business partner are hitting on him. And, and I I mean, that's not really that big of a deal. The impression's a little unnecessary. But, again, I'm just going to pull out our 1986 card and go, (laughs) (laughs) not surprised. Yeah. Right. Uh, And then, um, but mostly he's really annoyed with Tommy because Tommy's talking crap on Julia.
0: Right. Yeah. And Anthony doesn't like it. He
1: doesn't and um and i guess like they're talking about how maybe he's uh tommy's like really you know trying to start his own design house and all of this stuff and and anthony says uh something like if he doesn't watch his mouth he's going to be a gone customer customer yeah so so we get that and then also like one more like fat shaming joke that yeah uh,
0: I, they had to, I feel like maybe they had to do it one more time. Yeah.
1: Look, guys, we spent enough time on that in episode three. Go back
0: to the Mason Dodd episode. Yeah,
1: just go back to that episode. It was just kind of ridiculous and just it wasn't really all that funny. So there's that.
0: But there were a couple of funny parts of Anthony. Yeah. One, I think we should add Anthony saying dude to our uh, bingo card Uh, because I love when he says the word dude I use the word dude all the time I think it's hilarious the other thing that was really funny to me was when he was telling the little anecdote about asking to borrow a guy's cell phone at um, a traffic light and he he has this impression of a businessman saying would you go into my office immediately and staple everything on my desk that just made me laugh really hard it was really good
1: well and it was very like obviously no one can live without their phone anymore and this is a car phone but I and so it just it it did sort of like age that but it's still in this way where I don't know he's just got such great delivery it was pretty wonderful yeah we also learn in this scene I don't think they mentioned at the top but Anthony is going to be attending Thanksgiving so
0: well he could have gone to his parole officer's house but That's kind of grim, you know.
1: (laughs) Right. He might go to jail if he uses the wrong fork. I love that. (laughs) So um, we do get that. And then the other big piece of this very first act in the show is about Mary Jo and Julia. Um, They kind of fly in the door. They're very rattled.
0: Mary Jo, they come in in a tizzy. Oh, would you say?
1: I I would say that, and I feel like they
0: ma- they don't flaunt in.
1: I I mean, I'm thinking maybe we've got another thing for our, you know, guys. Pretty soon, you keep hearing Nikki and I talk about the bingo card, but we haven't ever really said anything <laughs> really except for oh. "there's for a bingo card." But eventually, we're going to fill. You don't out. think they can put
0: it together, easily?
1: <laughs> I don't know what anybody can put together at the end of a long day. <laughs> if people are listening at the uh, uh, to this at the end of a long day. I'm so sorry. I've got a little bug that's working its way around my desk.
0: Oh, and, that sounds fun.
1: Yes, and I just keep watching it because I don't necessarily want to kill it, but I don't want it to come near me, so there <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's just a little don't take your eyes off the bug
1: right that's just a little podcast action for you right now in, in case you're wondering
0: <laughs> always excited what's
1: going on in selena's world oh she's just, <laughs> just watching some bugs run around the light on her desk it's cool um so anyways this whole they coming in a tizzy i love it the uh burr, Sorry, guys, this is what happens when I'm looking at a a bug crawling around on the desk. But basically, we were eventually wanting to put together a bingo card so we can all play bingo together across the episodes. That's it. Uh, There you go. (laughs) Back to the tizzy. (laughs) Um, This is me
0: like... We've had a tizzy of our own. I know. This is like me like
1: half caffeinated. (laughs) Um, So, uh, but they, 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 they come in and essentially, like, I think their car broke down. And they were at the bank. Um, keep me honest, okay, Nikki?
0: Well, you know, I was going to, and then as soon as you said their car broke down, I was like, is that what happened? No, I don't remember. Well, it was
1: either their car broke down or it was already broke down and like they had taken it to the shop. It was one of the yeah. two. Either way, they did not have their car. They're carless. They, and there were only two options. Wait until 10 a.m. to go inside the bank or go now and go through the drive-through and walk-through, right? And so Julia's like relaying this story. Mary Jo's popping. Julia's like this all makes perfect sense. And Mary Jo's sort of the voice of reason here because they tell Julia, "You, you, we can't help you because you're not in a car." And then right. they tell, uh, and then so she jumps in the back of somebody else's car and tells them to drive through the drive-through.
0: So. I low-key love the first part of the setup because it sort of hits on a lot of things I've wondered my entire life, which is, is it illegal to walk through a drive through I've always been curious about that. So, I don't know. I didn't think it was illegal. I figured they would help you if you walked through. But according to Julia, they do not at the bank. And they do not look kindly on you commandeering the person's car behind you either. And they will call the police on you. <laughs> yeah
1: was a really strange choice, I think, to jump in someone's car. I think it says a little bit about Julia and what she thinks is okay and her kind of interesting set of standards and morals, whatever. Yeah. I have walked through a drive-thru before, but not at a bank. Oh, where? Uh, Like a fast food restaurant. Which one? McDonald's. They let Ooh. us do it. Well, sure they did. I, I was also like 12. Oh. Yeah. By yourself? I'm surprised. Uh, so we were on. Or with your
0: mom? <laughs> did your mom make <laughs> mom? You do it? Let me
1: walk through this drive-through. It sounds like something I would have done, but we were actually like uh, on a church camp trip, Oh. and everybody had piled off, and there were like a few of us who were like, "Will they let us order if we go walk through the drive thru And they did. So I don't see why not. Yeah, who knows? Uh, it happened. The next thing I know, they have to come pull her out of that car. And tell her, No, you can't be in the back of somebody's car. And then also the police have to come as well. Right. And so that's how their mourning happened. And I don't want to belabor this point. It was there was a cute exchange between Suzanne and Julia. Julia talking about how her defense will be that she go through her the vehicle that God gave her, her her God given body or something like that. Um, and then Suzanne, of course, makes a really snarky comment. Oh Julia, no judge is gonna believe that. If you got to choose, you would have selected a newer model. She has a very sing songy <laughs> delivery.
0: Yeah, she in does. And everything
1: that she does. This is where Julia states she's not in the mood and she wants to pursue this line of thought. She'd be glad to grab her husband's elephant gun and blow her and her homemade buns out of here because she is making rolls, guys. She was making rolls.
0: Rolls that nobody wants. The
1: elephant gun. I have that highlighted in like a lot of question marks because does this mean that her husband was hunting elephants?
0: I think that's exactly what it means.
1: I can't even with that.
0: We don't know for sure. We shouldn't slander him. He's not here to defend himself. This made up character that's who what passed they meant. away.
1: <laughs> yeah, for, I was. I was like, please let it be an elephant gun, like that makes noise. That like you blow it. Only elephants can hear it, <laughs> and it makes them gather. Sure, yeah, but we know that's not it, guys, but I just couldn't with that, uh but anyway, so that is pretty much wrapping up our first act,
0: so then, when we open back up, we've arrived at thanksgiving day. it's here it's a it's here, it's a big day. We've got lots of people who are here, some people who are not um, so when the scene opens, the um designing women ladies are sitting around uh. Suzanne's cooking. Mary Jo sort of has a moment because it's her first Thanksgiving without her kids. Um, And then in walks Perky. We meet Perky for the first time, and she has a friend with her. And (laughs) she's a friend. Her friend is unique.
1: (laughs) Yes, her friend is unique.
0: Her friend is Bernice. Yeah. And she's got a little bit of an arterial, (laughs) an arterial flow problem above the neck or something. That's
1: okay, honey, because they're honest with
0: each other. I want you to tell people that's my problem. Well, I know for sure it's mine. So I, what can you do? So Bernice has a, it. It sounds like maybe um, Julia was supposed to pick up Perky and Bernice, but they got a little impatient. So they made their way over there. Um,
1: and they flaunt in. We know where Suzanne oh, yeah. got it from. I mean, I don't know about Bernice, hmm. but I felt like Perky did a little flaunt. A little flaunt. Oh,
0: yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I could see that anytime someone barges in on thanksgiving day and asks for someone to put some daiquiris in the blender i think that qualifies as a flaunt
1: i think this sounds like i think it sounds like my husband's family
0: which oh. i kind of
1: loved <laughs> like i just feel like that's how that's how they operate they've got like a signature cocktail every holiday whatever Perfect. their latest thing is and everybody's going to get a taste and they're just you know they're really hospitable and kind about it and everything but you're getting some kind of daiquiri
0: (laughs) (laughs) well i think that's what perky wanted i don't know if perky got that um but there was a funny interaction right there at the beginning between bernice and um suzanne i loved it it was so i'm sure i know you from somewhere yeah no i do you're from america aren't you (laughs) Yeah, I guess I am. The look on
1: Suzanne's face, it was almost like a Jim on the office look to camera. It was yes. this close to breaking the fourth wall. You guys can't see, but my fingers are up, and there's a very tiny bit between the two. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that was that was really funny. So they say hi to all the ladies and then they sit down and um, Julia pulls out a paper and starts reading the paper. And I'm laughing because I just thought it was really weird. Her mom's sitting like two feet away from her on Thanksgiving and she pulls out the paper. But whatevs, it moves the scene along.
1: It, yeah, it, it does. Um, and that's, that's a really good opener because we get to the plot twist and this whole other thing that we've been waiting for, which re- we got set up for at the beginning. And basically it's that Tommy Thompson... Was found dead in his home.
0: So you didn't deliver that well. Son. I didn't. Tommy I mean, Thompson was found dead. Oh, dead,
1: that's good. Dead, and well, dead. also Suzanne said something about she's a little obsessed with whether or not people are gay or whether they're heterosexual or like whatever. Because
0: she's well, I think it's I think it's because she's a lady who enjoys the company of men. I, so if uh, men do not oh. reciprocate then she wants to know. She needs to know why. And I think that's where that might be coming from. Oh my
1: goodness, I didn't think about it like that. I kind of thought they were trying to do some sort of like nosy Southern
0: Uh, trope.
1: That's possible too. Or it could be a mixture, right? We don't really know. But that's how the line I think actually gets delivered because she was like, is it that he's getting married? And uh, that's not the exact line. And Julia goes, not married, buried." (laughs) Dun-dun-dun. So, right. <laughs> and then, set, like without warning or reason or anything, um, all they know from the paper is that the coroner's report expected to reveal foul play, and suddenly, everybody's tossing around Anthony's name.
0: Well, he's been to prison.
1: That's right. He was over there twice yesterday. <laughs> you know? He's always kidding. He'll kill people for them. Like...
0: Well, Charlene, I don't know if I misheard or something, but Charlene kind of threw in um, and Anthony told him that he was going to be a dead customer. She said it like that when he told her that he didn't say he said that to Tommy, did he?
1: No, he's yeah, I don't think so. I think it was definitely something just there at the office. I mean, we probably should That line was written oddly. It was written oddly. I, I don't know if they were like trying to do continuity. I actually was, I think you were bothered by that line. I was bothered by their joke about Mason um, because apparently like he didn't know even who that was hardly because in the first one, he's like the big guy. And then yeah. this one, they're like, oh, remember when, uh, or Charlene's like, remember when I was mad at Mason and he offered to off him for me or something like that? Yeah. And then they made this whole like, by the pound joke or whatever. That yeah. insinuates he knows who he is. Right. So like a continuity there, strangely written part there. I It, it was just, it was all kind of like, eh, I don't know.
0: But we're getting lost in the detail because the really important part was that Suzanne had spent... Hours putting together this amazing Thanksgiving dinner, and now we're having a murderer over for dinner. <laughs> That's the real important part.
1: That, that is very important, and we know this thing's going to be delicious, right? Um, but they're all spar sp- they're all spiraling, I don't know, they're spiraling out. Um, and Charlene, ha- you know, she says she thinks it's her fault for bringing him on. Um, Suzanne thinks he looks guilty. I just kind of want to share some of these things because I think it's kind of setting up the way that people act in the next scene, because it's a pretty uncomfortable conversation that they're having. It, yeah. Julia has like a really strange line, and she says, um, "I was never comfortable hiring someone who listed a hobby as trying random codes at automated teller machines." Um, I had a huge eye roll moment on that.
0: I, it didn't seem so. What was your eye roll moment?
1: Who okay? Who I the who would say that? It doesn't feel like Anthony no, to me. No, it doesn't.
0: Yeah, that was I, I wrote that down too because I was like, that just feels like they just had to. I don't know, they just had to put something in there.
1: Yeah, the whole thing felt really strange. Um, but then we do get Anthony
0: and he comes yeah he's there with his private reserves he,
1: <laughs> with the, the private <laughs> reserves of anthony and
0: anthony bouvier and <laughs> somehow that sounds better
1: well there were really like hyping up the anxiety here because he seems really like nervous doesn't he
0: oh really In juxtaposition, he seems so excited to me
1: uh Uh, Maybe that's it. I think it was like in juxtaposition to how he came in at the beginning of the show. And he just kind of like, you know, real casually comes in. He turns the chair around, and like plops down. He's like, here's what I got. Here's what you need to know. And then in this, he's just kind of (laughs) like. It's Uh kind of how it feels to me a little bit. But maybe he is just really excited. I don't
0: know. I think there was a little bit of like putting on his best. He wanted to be. He wanted to be on his best. It's a holiday. He said, like, he gets, what did he, he didn't say he gets weird around holidays, but something, something when he's on holiday, he gets something.
1: It, yeah, I don't, so, well, this is the line that stood out to me, and this is the one that I wrote down because it, I don't know, it made me laugh. He said, It, it is indeed a pleasure <laughs> spending Thanksgiving with all you lovely ladies. I feel as if I've died and gone to white man's heaven. And, and I can't do his Southern accent justice or any of these people's southern accent justice, um but uh even though I am Southern, but we have different southern accents, um but uh, I don't know, like even that, like he just felt like he seemed like a little like it's just like a nervous thing, like yeah, yeah I don't know, um, and then it felt like that a little bit more at the table, um and that's where we go to next, really. We're at the dinner yeah. table. Um, and then everyone continues acting weird because of this news and they think Anthony's involved. And then we get like a lot of random information here. Like I I was, it felt like it was written to feel frenetic. Yeah. Um, because I, it sure, it sure did. Uh, I was going to tick through some of the things I learned, but I want you to stop me because...
0: You want me to stop you now? Just
1: any time. Stop. Stop. Um, yeah, you're done. Uh, but like if there was anything that hit you. But I sort of categorized this into two different areas. One is like these different plot points that we learn all real quickly here at this one time. The other one, this whole other thing is we learn a lot of things about Anthony in this scene as well. So Sus- the first thing that's really important to know is that Suzanne's first attempt at cooking is a disaster. Uh, With
0: the homemade rolls again, she offers the homemade rolls. Nobody takes the homemade rolls, but that maroon dish is tasting real flavorful. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it says it flavorful. And,
1: and it, I was kind of surprised it was beets instead of cranberry sauce at Thanksgiving. Yes. Um, right. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I think cranberry sauce is like a pretty just normal across the board thing. But I can't even think of a Thanksgiving where somebody hadn't thrown it on the plate at the end. <laughs> I actually really like it and I like the jelly kind. Um not the actual cranberry sauce, but I like it cuz I like to put it with other things. Right. Um like with dressing or whatever. Like I don't like to, I'm not just sitting there foods. And, like big spoonfuls of oh god. Oh. Yeah, you don't want me to mention the white cottage cheese food then, do you? Oh my god. <laughs> I have made I have Nikki about, sick over the years with my dad. I have
0: like three foods that I think are disgusting, like truly can't be at the table disgusting. And one of them is cottage cheese. What? Uh, one of one of them's the canned uh, cranberry sauce. I really don't like that. But I, my mom started making like the whole cranberry. I like that. I like that.
1: It's good. I just, it's a texture thing. Like you get the parts yeah. in it that you can't really eat. I mean, you can, but it just, it feels like maybe you've had like, some twigs
0: oh my gosh this i I was gonna say this is gonna make me want turkey but not because of what you just said but just because we're talking about thanksgiving foods moving on
1: (laughs) moving right well do you like beets that'll be my last question because now i need to know
0: not enough to that not enough to have them at the thanksgiving dinner table no
1: yeah it seemed like it seemed like an odd choice but i think at the end of the day what we're supposed to know is suzanne indeed cannot cook Sure. That's what we needed to know, I think. Um, We also know J.D. hasn't shown up. It turns out it's because his ex-wife wants to get back together. Um, Perky and Bernice are moving to Montana. That was just kind of (laughs) thrown in there. Sure was. And there's not even really that much conversation about it, but that's what's happening. And then um, we get this whole little part how Bernice doesn't know the difference between Bill Cosby and Being Crosby, (laughs) (laughs) I
0: I wonder if maybe she knew the difference at one point and just doesn't now. I
1: don't I don't know that I don't know (laughs) I don't know I don't know that she's ever known the difference. But I think Uh, they're just sort of playing into this eccentric character, and I have a few more thoughts about that. But I'll save those for all Southern things. Um, And then I is there anything else that's not Anthony related that struck you during this uh meal?
0: Not Anthony related? No. I threw a I think wrench. That's it. <laughs> I
1: know. <laughs> I think that's it. How dare you? Um, but uh, there, there were several things that struck me because we see some actions from Anthony over the course of this scene. I think that really show us who he is and leading up to this scene. He brought some wine. Um, uh-huh. He screwed off the top. So I'm, <laughs> I don't know Whatever. when we say it's a nice bottle of wine. <laughs> but it's wine.
0: It could be. We don't judge wine by its container.
1: That yeah, well, I think we might have been talking about box wine before we started hitting <laughs> the recall button. But who can recall? Um, then, uh, then he, we did see it, this happens off screen. But he saved Bernice's life because of Suzanne's dried turkey. She was choking to death on it. <laughs> so he had. To, he
0: knows the Heimlich.
1: Yeah, he he had to perform the Heimlich maneuver on her. Um, and then he's constantly defending these women. He offered to take care of JD right there at the table. Uh, Mary Jo wasn't okay with that. She was okay for him to take care of the ex wife. Do without. Sure. Yeah, do without what you will. Sure. Um, I mean, it's a little dramatic, but clearly he cares, right. I think was my takeaway. Um, and he's also polite as someone can be when Mary Jo asks him why he went to prison because that's an okay thing to ask at Thanksgiving. Uh, I mean, obviously, they're setting up this kind of funny, like,
0: uh, contrast. Can I, I gotta, I I gotta say something about that, because I gotta, I maybe have to take Mary Jo's side a little Mm -hmm. bit, because he routinely tells prison stories, Mm -hmm. like, and, and like, kind of in-depth ones, kind of detailed ones. In this dinner, in fact, he tells a story about, um, his ring. Someone stole his ring. He Heimliched someone and got it back. <laughs> so it's, it's I'm gonna, very, I'm,
1: can we put that on the bingo card? Heimlich somebody.
0: <laughs> it was a graphic story and it was very prison related. Um, and so if I were in Mary Jo's shoes, all of the social cues are pointing to, he's cool to talk about this point in his life. He's cool to talk about it. He keeps bringing it up. He has things he wants to say about it. So if I were in her shoes, I might have asked as well. If we're going to talk about it, I need, I'm need i going to go ahead and get get the elephant out of the room. Why would you go to jail? I need to know.
1: Yeah. Or in this case, maybe she needs to know because she's trying to figure out if it was for murder. Well, sure. Um, but yeah, I think it is a little bit of a confusing whatever. But there are like a handful of things in people's lives that you let them always lead the conversation. <laughs> You know, and so I would just take the cue that, you know, what if they want to share a lot about it, that's okay, but my questions will be minimal. And this is one of those things that I would put in that category, but I can Crap. I can also see the other side of that. And it obviously is funny because he like doesn't want to talk about it, but also here's three stories. So.
0: I, think, I think this right here is the face of a woman who's probably at some point in her life asked someone why they went to chew. <laughs> what? You've got a rap sheet? what happened? (laughs) You pulled it. Just my, see my cue would have been him talking about his prison time. And I'd have been like, he's cool to talk about this. Let's go there.
1: It's all good. Well, and then over here, I'm thinking, wait a second. You
0: can't have jewelry in prison.
1: (laughs) This story is flawed.
0: Selena, when did you go to prison? How do you know prison rules?
1: Um, We're all working. We're all in prison. (laughs) They're all institutions. That's what I used
0: to think about school. Are we going to talk about the Bill Cosby reference?
1: Uh, I have it in the '80s references. So, do you want to talk about it there, or we can talk about it here? I do not have a preference.
0: I just, all I wanted to say was just, "My, how the tables have turned. The times have changed. <laughs> the reference falls on tough ears.
1: My, how the tables have turned. Turned tables. Tables turn. <laughs> Yeah, I di- I have like uh I there's I I basically just have something where I just go control paste for it that didn't age well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe I should start doing that.
1: Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think we can all agree. I think I think the Bill Cosby thing has probably been milked, but we can all agree <laughs> that maybe he's not the best role model for anyone these days. <laughs> Um, So that was definitely interesting. And in shows, again, we're in a different time period. Um, And then the other thing that I caught in this scene about Anthony, too, is we learned some stuff about what he's wanting to do with his life. He wants to finish high school, get his degree in medicine, and completely stop using the word be as a verb. (laughs) (laughs) That makes me laugh because, you know, writing. (laughs) words (laughs) because words words are hard that's why we decided to start a podcast (laughs) the scene ends with Suzanne bringing out a smoking pie to which Bernice says
0: okay everybody make a wish Do I get to do I get to do a plug here, Selena? Can I plug my extra sugar where we're going to talk about pie?
1: Oh, my goodness. Yes. Promote yourself in in here.
0: That's it. Make sure you (laughs) stick around for extra sugar.
1: This week. We're going to talk pie. This week's extra sugar is actually about sugar.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mm, mm, mm. (laughs) So then we open up on um, the last bit of the show, which Selena has aptly titled Post Thanksgiving Dinner by the Numbers. Four asses, two heart to hearts, and one murder suspect. Yay! And that's you said it. it. I mean, <laughs> is there anything more we? Need to, yeah, I said it for you. Is there anything more we need to say about the scene? I mean, that really covers it, right? I,
1: I, except for the fact that we get some really great lines by Anthony and Bernice, but yeah pretty much.
0: <laughs> so um, the women are in the kitchen cleaning and Anthony's on the sofa sleeping. That's typically how post Thanksgiving works. Um, <laughs> right?
1: That's one thing that hasn't aged out in 35 years in case y'all were wondering.
0: I don't even know like and and every year it hits me and I'm like what am I doing in here? I just
1: figured out what we both need to do this Thanksgiving.
0: Uh Oh what's that? Frame is it gonna fix whoever, all my problems
1: frame whoever falls asleep on the couch first for murder <laughs> is it too much
0: <laughs> i'm just saying that would teach you to wash a dish good thought good thought I'm, I'm, i'll give that some thought we got a few months okay
1: you got a few months to forget that
0: so the women are like awkwardly, while Anthony is, I don't know, I'm not good with distance, 15 feet away, they're standing there talking about how he murdered someone mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. how it had to be him. right um, But Perky defends Anthony was the part that really stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, these women are sort of throwing him under the bus and Perky says, <laughs> Perky accuses Julia. Again, we hear the word highfalutin, but of her um, principles being a little too highfalutin. And... um it's it generates for me a weird interaction between perky suzanne and julia Mm -hmm. i feel like perky is very critical of julia and very permissive of suzanne the baby right i'm
1: drives me crazy that's a right well i'm like only child right (laughs) but i feel like we've talked about this before definitely i'm like in real life (laughs) But not necessarily while recording. But I think on another episode and talking about just kind of the dynamics. Yeah. And and there, like everybody, kind of has a role. In it the was family. just
0: annoying to see it play out in real time.
1: It, it, it is, and I, I think from an like I, I've, I'm an observer of sibling behavior because it's so intriguing to me. Um,
0: <laughs> I just I had a, an image of you on Safari
1: i just got like a notepad <laughs> or for like some reason i've got like one of those old-fashioned typewriters and i just two finger typewriting
0: she's ding, like ding, 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 ding. she's like know. julia you're too highfalutin you're too you know whatever you're too uppity why can't you be more like suzanne and take advantage of our servants and <laughs> housekeepers
1: it's so funny that you said that because when she's like oh julia sometimes your principles are too highfalutin and i was like yeah Yeah, they are. She's being dumb. Tell her, Perky. And then she goes on. Her father never could keep any servants. She was always liberating them. Huh? (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) You lost me, Perky. You lost me. Who outside of Downton Abbey calls them servants? Even in 1986. I was like, what? What? I I just, how many times in this show am I going to have to say what is happening? But what is happening? So that was very weird. But you're right, because we we do this turn and it's like this whole thing with all of these real emotional notes between Perky and her daughters. Our, I might call this ladies. the part
0: of the part of the show that got weird.
1: It 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 didn't fit. It felt like shoved in. Uh huh. This, like It was the piece that didn't fit, but they were like, you know what, screw it. We're just going to push it on in there anyway. Well, it's
0: Thanksgiving. So you've got to bring all the issues together. That's just how Thanksgiving goes.
1: Well, that's true. I think I'm like, There I needed to be it. some
0: family emotion.
1: Yeah. Well, I like to end mine in screaming, but we're all <laughs> different. Um, it, we don't actually get, I don't think, tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we actually even, I didn't notice or hear before that she was in a retirement home.
0: No, I don't think they mentioned that.
1: So this is where we learn it, which is something that just stood out in the description, even though I've read it before and hearing you read it. I was like, oh, that's an interesting thing they pick up on because it is a thing, but like, it's just not really pronounced. And they just sort of, it's like the Montana reference. They just kind of slide it in there and then just move on. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, but she, like, confronts them because she basically does this thing. She's, like, trying to cheer Suzanne up, yada, yada, yada. And and then she confronts them both for treating her like an old person. They've really stopped talking to her about things that matter. They want to know if she's taking her medicine, basically.
0: It's mother guilt. <laughs> I can't. I just, this part of the scene was so weird to me that I'm just like, what, what, do you, what do you want, Perky? What do you want?
1: Yeah, you guys can't tell, but Nikki is telling me with her eyes, Move on. <laughs>
0: just, just, whatever, Perky.
1: But we learned she's, that she's not moving to Montana. She was doing that as a manipulation. Yeah,
0: um, she wanted to get a rise out of them. And
1: that does feel like Thanksgiving, no? <laughs> <laughs> uh. What are you going to do without a little manipulation at Thanksgiving? You got to have your dressing, your turkey, three casseroles, some mac and cheese, and some manipulation.
0: Sounds like a very healthy Thanksgiving. It's
1: all, it's all part of an emotionally healthy, physically healthy Thanksgiving. That's correct. So
0: while they're having their little family breakdown and then patching it back together, a policeman pulls up. Mm. And mm-hmm. Charlene works worked up about it. She, I think all the women assume he's there for Anthony. Right. And they're ready to sell him out. <laughs>
1: well, it's, a, it's just this weird vibe in the room, the way it's all been the whole time. Of course, he's still a sleep <laughs> um, Julia goes to answer the door very insistent it's not their place to pass judgment they need to remember in this quote what she said this is a black man with a prison record his life is in our hands and then as soon as she flings the door open she, was, she gives him up
0: there he is
1: <laughs> it can't be harboring a fugitive
0: uh, Fortunately, I mean, unfortunately, Bernice was there to set the record straight with, <laughs> Anthony had been holding them hostage.
1: With all that arterial flow. <laughs> that, even though, like, I don't know, you could unpack that scene, this whole scene in some different ways, but we're going to take the comedic route, and I'm just going to say that Bernice's timing right there was so good. Yes. Not really Perky's. Perky's all right, but with the way that she's... Perky's like that's not what's happening at all and bernice is like oh okay okay (laughs) it's just just so good um but like the i felt like there was sort of i i don't know they the women aren't really defending him but they're not i don't know they're they're not necessarily some of them are jumping in i can't remember who it feels like mary joe and charlene are more in the middle instead of charlene
0: tries to introduce him formally to the police officer
1: she well she's it's a manners (laughs) But we should say by this time, Anthony wakes up, because Anthony wakes up right as Bernice is saying that he's holding them hostage. Right. That's a really important part, because right. he looks very confused, and we get some really great lines from him. Um, he says, I, I don't know why, but I've always hated waking up with white people pointing at me and a police officer standing beside them. Um <laughs> And and if Julia ran over Anthony with that bus at the beginning, Suzanne backs that sucker up and hits him again when she proactively brings up Tommy's death and asks, but isn't Anthony a suspect? She's like cuffing him. She's like, excuse me, I don't really know what I'm doing here, but I'm just going to slip him in the cuffs and we'll just, you can just go ahead and escort him out the door. I mean, it's just shy of that, is it not?
0: Yes. Yeah, she was just trying to help the police officer out. Right. She was trying to ensure a carriage of justice.
1: Well, in addition, this police officer, this is another wonderful thing about turning uh, 36, is that everyone is starting to look young. (laughs) And I was like, what is he, 10? Um, But he looks very confused. He doesn't know what's going on. And then he he finally picks up on all the clues, which is Suzanne saying Tommy Thompson. Um, I don't know what's more funny, like, the fact that he's like, oh, yeah, the Tommy Thompson case. Or if it's like the fact that there's only one, one murder. <laughs> I mean, not that that's funny. It's never funny for someone to be murdered. But there's usually a couple going on.
0: Well, alliteration helps. Tommy Thompson was a nice little thing to keep it top of mind for him.
1: At, well, it is a unique name. And the unit manager.
0: Right, so I've heard.
1: Yeah, maybe that's him. Who knows? Um, so, uh, but what we quickly learn is that's not why he's here. His business, Not at all. No, his business partner confessed already. That's all wrapped up.
0: That's handled.
1: Yeah, he's there to return Julia's earring. He's there won. on
0: Thanksgiving right. on very important earring business.
1: Why is that just hitting me? <laughs> <laughs>
0: And and what do we think the odds are, even in 1986, that a police officer is going to prioritize returning someone's crap? Because I don't believe that. I don't think they, I think they would be like, mm, an earring, throw it in Lost and Found. If that, just out in the street in
1: 86. They've just been like, I'll put this where I put my picnic on the ground. bugs. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, that's a really good point that I don't know why... All the rest of this has been ridiculous. I'm like, he couldn't have had a ring in jail. <laughs> but I'm like, of course this office is here on Thanksgiving Day. But we needed his audience to learn a lesson. Sure. And right. we needed Julia to learn a lesson, right? Right. I don't know if she learned a lesson, but we'll get there. Um, we do get everyone casting Julia, we told you so looks. Although that's kind of like, okay.
0: Yeah, no. They so didn't now so. you
1: realize. Um right. And we cut to the final scene. Uh, Julia, Mary, Joe, and Charlene are walking him out, um, and they've loaded him down with all this crappy food that Suzanne made. Because <laughs> my good.
0: notes say to apologize, they give him Suzanne's terrible food? Question <laughs> um, <laughs> mark. Quite an apology.
1: That okay. All right. So now I have to read you mine. This is this is great for the, the audience. Uh, but. I <laughs> Also, really? Question mark leftovers to make up for this? Try harder, ladies. Try harder. <laughs> See, like we don't walk you through all the things that are in our notes, but when they're so similar, I like can't help but share. Um, but we do get this really great last line from Anthony as they're giving these like ridiculous sorries. And he says, Hey, don't worry about it, ladies. What can I say? It's been a fine afternoon. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks again for turning me in for murder. (laughs) And he heads
0: out on his way. He's so funny. And
1: he just remains maybe the love of my life. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Move over, Casey. Anyways, just kidding. Um, So then uh, that wraps up very quickly. And then they're seeing off Perky and Bernice. Um, This feels, again, much like the last scene. I think we could have just cut this whole thing
0: but but we would have lost bernice's wise words
1: that that's true but they they have this whole strange interaction and i i just we do actually get julia mentioning she's wrong yeah well i don't know if she says she's wrong but she says her mom's right yeah and she says her mom's right about everything
0: she's always right
1: they're going to do better by her and then we get like this really well-meaning speech from Perky but basically I think she said she, they're just kind of like waiting to die
0: in like five years It's like I, that's a short time timeline
1: yeah and then but and it was like kind of like dark because they were like and then we'll all be together again and I was like <laughs> oh my god
0: <laughs> it, was, it was dark it was grim
1: woo <laughs> Um, but then we lighten it back up with Bernice's quote do you have that written down do you want to share that of
0: course I do okay that's <laughs> hilarious always remember when the sun has gone behind the clouds when everything has lost its silver lining when things look their absolute darkest cover your head with your coat
1: <laughs> bam she's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so funny that's all you need to know in life That's it. Yeah. Do we want to talk about a rating?
0: Sure. You go first.
1: Okay. So I did, I did, I did nothing, but I gave it a three out of five homemade rolls that no one wants.
0: (laughs) Wait a minute. No, I think that rating scale is going to screw up my rating. (laughs) Oh, no. Because it sounds like. If you hate something, you would want more homemade rolls that no one wants. You would want to assign it more homemade rolls that no one wants, because that's how stinky and crappy it is. It's five stinky, crappy, homemade rolls no one wants versus just one. You following my logic? No. (laughs) But you know what? Carry on.
1: uh, But everybody else probably is. Does that help? (laughs) We'll find out. Selena, she's so dumb. Um, So here's why I give it three out of five, which I feel like three is my sweet spot. I'm going to have to think about it a little bit if I classify these moving forward. Um, We do get a little payoff from our discussion around Anthony's character, something we discussed last episode that they're using in his background. In this case, this whole thing about his time in prison, they're using this pretty obviously it's so on the nose it's sitting on my nose but um as a way to show the audience that some prejudice and hypocrisy exists in our leading ladies and they lead a little bit of a charmed life because we get this setup between what happens with julia and what happens with anthony anthony's done nothing i mean in this scenario we understand he's had a a conviction for something, but we don't know what it is. He's paid his dues. He's done his time. He's trying to turn his life around. I just want to think on the flip side, like what this would look like. It was Julia being Julia to get in the back of that car at the bank line. What's that scenario going to look like if Anthony had gotten in the back of that car? Right. We would have a wildly different, not, not a sitcom, Not an 80s era sitcom. So I'm not trying to bring it down. I'm just saying like that's, in addition to that being half my job on this podcast to bring things (laughs) down. It it really is like a vastly different scenario. The other reason, so the other reason that I really like this episode is I thought that Anthony and Bernice had some really, really funny lines. Um, but I also took points off because the dialogue, even though I know that I feel like I, I feel like I'm putting them in a can't win situation. So I want to say that I see that about myself right now. It's supposed to be chaotic and I think they're hitting that point, but it felt like almost overly frenetic at some points. And so I thought it just needed just a little bit of smoothing. Um, but I, 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 I did enjoy this episode. Um, oh i will (laughs) look at this we're having a design house moment again um i did not i did not uh i'm with you on what we said earlier i think the other downfall of this episode was the a lot of the perky stuff was just it felt very thrown in like oh we got to get this right so that's mine
0: well i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with the rating scale um and I'm a little grouchy that I'm not going to use my own logic, but I'll just say, I'll give it to you. I really didn't like this episode. No, use your skill. <laughs> I'm giving it five stinky, crappy, homemade rolls that no one wants. I really didn't like this episode. Yeah. I think, Um, I think it was design house that you said um, felt like a filler episode to you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what this one feels like to me. I have I actually usually look forward to Thanksgiving episodes on shows. I just feel like they, I don't know, like, I think about friends around Thanksgiving. I always watch the friends episodes cause they're just so well done. Um, and this one had some humor, but the whole, this whole thing about Anthony committing murder, because he said a couple of things about not liking this man. Uh, I just, I hated that so much. Um, and the perky thing when they, anytime they play that, like, dun, 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 background family sort of music, <laughs> I'm just like, ah, uh, okay. you lost me. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't, I didn't care for this episode at all. And I was very glad to be done with it. And that's well, my behind, official rating. Mm-hmm.
1: That's good. That's well, it's behind <laughs> us now. Um, and like, so when you go high, I want to go high. And when you go low, I want to go low. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you put it, if you stack it up against other Thanksgiving episodes from other shows, Oh, yeah, this doesn't fit the bill. Because, like, I think Friends episodes were kind of like the pinnacle of Thanksgiving episodes, you know? Yeah. Um, And it was, it's still the same tone, right? Because it's like this mishmash of people that weren't supposed to be together, but suddenly they are. At least in the beginning seasons of Friends, yada, yada, yada. Uh, This is not the Friends podcast, so there is several of those if you're interested. Yeah. I am. Uh, but anyway, so uh, do we want to talk 80s things? I think we've kind of covered them, but I, I don't know if you picked up on anything else besides I, what said.
0: The only two things, and I didn't put Bill Cosby in this section because I was going to talk about that other section. I, there was a reference to a beeper and a reference to a, that, that whole car phone reference. Those were my two.
1: We got all the same things. I got nothing <laughs> else to add. Um, southern things, you want to go first?
0: I just got highfalutin again.
1: I thought you were just going to say I just got high. I'm like, <laughs> all right.
0: Right, right, right. All, all right, 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 all right, all
1: right. I'm sorry. I don't even know what to say. I just want to say again that it's at the end of a work day. <laughs> the end. After. Okay. So um, my thing that I said here is not a lot of Southern in this one to me. Um, Perky being dramatic about never seeing them anymore, not talking as much. I can't speak for all Southerners. I can't believe I'm going to say this. But it oh. sure sounds It sure sounds oh. like, oh no. Oh,
0: where is this going?
1: I was just going to say, it sure does sound like members of my family. <laughs> Don't alienate our listener. I didn't say which family <laughs> right. member. I said it just sounds like my family members. they can all be guilty of it from time to time sure um the other thing that struck me is actually bernice Hmm. i it it put me in the mind of southern eccentrics oh i i don't know if that struck you or not um no so this feels a little bit (laughs) i was
0: gonna agree with you and i was like no i didn't think about that at all
1: No, I was just waiting for you to be like, Selena, we're going to get this in under an hour if you shut up. (laughs) So, but I would just say that, like, it feels a little bit like a Southern trope to me. Um, You know, we have, like, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. I was thinking about, like, Lady Chablis, um, which is an iconic Savannah drag performer. Uh, To Kill a Mockingbird's Boo Radley. Um, Weezer from Still Magnolias. I want to be very clear, Lady Chablis is a real person the other two characters are fictional um at least to my knowledge (laughs) so um but they are like they do sort of play up like these qualities um that just put them in what most people i think would consider like an eccentric category um and they may be completely different different backgrounds socioeconomic statuses race ethnicities some fictional, some are real, like I said, but they're all these larger-than-life characters. Um, and uh, I also noted the term highfalutin used again. Second episode in a row. Last time from Suzanne referring to Charlene's title. here Perky describing Julia's principles. I wanted to say that because they also have Anthony using the word uncouth
0: yeah, in back-to-back
1: lot. episodes. I thought that was kind of weird. I'm curious to see... I guess we maybe we'll be doing some tracking. I don't know, but maybe not. <laughs> I'm getting a blank stare from Nikki. We're not tracking, tracking, guys. You track it. Does Anthony say uncouth again? But it just felt weird to me to use both of those very standout words in two back to back
0: episodes. So I actually have had this a couple since that episode in this episode uncouth on the bingo card. Cause I just assumed this was going to be a thing he does now, mm-hmm. uh, but I didn't mention it. Cause I had other bingo entries. So I don't know. I guess we'll see.
1: And it may be, and I'm and the uncouth is back to back. I'm sorry. Let me go ahead and re- uh, recalibrate here. Primrose says, or Julia uses uncouth in episode four to describe Primrose, the uh, woman uh-huh. that uh, Payne takes home. So uh, it has been a couple, but those are just really standout words to me. Uh, LBT, LBT, she was a writer on all three. Mm. Um, she was the sole writer on All But Design House. So I don't know. I just thought that was kind of kind of interesting, not totally interesting. You're welcome. Um, and then Perky says, worrying about things that don't amount to a hill of beans. Mm, mm-hmm. That sounded very Southern to me. That's well all my done. southern things well done <laughs> sure
0: <laughs> take it home nikki <laughs> so next time we'll cover episode eight i do i don't which sounds interesting um as always we'd love everyone to follow along with us and engage we're on instagram at sweet tea and tv and facebook at sweet tea and tv selena anything you want to add about social media engagement
1: I just want to say, again, uh, we are covering Designing Women, and that's a big part of what we'll be talking about on social media, but um, we really do want to see the different things that uh, make the South your South, quote unquote, uh, the things that you love. We're trying to share some of those. In fact, uh, I recently returned from a trip to Charleston and Savannah and shared out on our social media uh, some really cool things or pretty things that I saw there, just You know, we're trying to kick this thing off. Uh, Nikki shared some really beautiful pictures um, recently as well. We'd love to see, um, you know, your backyard, too. It could literally be your backyard, but it could also be other things. Um, And show us some food.
0: Yeah, I really need to see some southern food.
1: Yeah, I'm dieting now that I'm back from my trip. So
0: show me some biscuits. (laughs) So you can also email us at sweetteatvpod at gmail.com. And as always, we're online at www.sweetteetv.com. And stick around for Nikki's nipples and I, be as in boy, be as a boy, uh, for the history of pie.
1: And I just want to say one last thing before we close, which is that Nikki has a cold and she still sounds better than me. <laughs>
0: i thought we were gonna make i was trying so hard not to sniff in i was trying not to cough i thought we were gonna make it the whole episode without telling anyone my dirty disgusting secret
1: oh i'm telling on you (laughs) i'm telling on you because you've done you know because you've sounded so good and i'm like why do i sound so bad that was me throwing down my pen (laughs) i wanted to give you something to clean up in the audio
0: perfect thank you yes yes thank you Uh, thank you
1: so i guess we'll see you around at the bend Bye. (laughs) she's snorting i'm wheezing if you guys aren't tuning in for this you're really missing out and with that we're cutting it bye
0: I'm co-opting this edition of Extra Sugar to bring you our second Nicky's Nibbles. Come on, y'all. Let's talk fiddles. Nicky's Nibbles. Come on, y'all. Let's eat. That's right, folks. A two for one. This segment is brought to you courtesy of Charlene's One Pie in One Sitting Confession in Episode 6. Not to mention the entire Thanksgiving episode seven we just covered. So, Selena, may I present to you Nikki's Nibbles, a brief history of pie?
1: Woo! <laughs> and just so you guys know, that's Nibbles, N-I-B N I B as in breasts, as in L E S.
0: Sure. There you have it. Perfect. So, Earlier today, I made a pie drop for my fabulous co-host. Uh, Selena, in front of you right now, you have two pecan pies. Is That's favorite right. favorite pie. Say, I say pecan. What do you say? Pecan. Yeah. I don't say pecan. I don't say pecan. I say pecan. I know it's not right. That's what I say. Let's move on. Uh, so one is homemade. The other one is bakery bought. One is labeled A, one is labeled B. I have sliced them into smaller, less identifiable versions Mm -hmm. uh, because I feel like the the bakery bought one looks professional. Mine was made a little bit under duress. Uh, So (laughs) I don't think I should be held to the same standard.
1: That's how I always
0: bake. (laughs) So what I want you to do is while I share some educational pie nibbles... I'd like you to have some legit pie nibbles and tell me which one is homemade and which one is store-bought. Note, I did not say tell me which is your favorite. Okay. I said which is store-bought and which is homemade.
1: I just have to say I can't stop smiling because this is the best thing that's happened to me. (laughs) Someone dropped off pie today. It's a person I actually like. And... (laughs) And now I get to sit here and hear about the history of pie. And then, like, I also get to do, like, a quiz of sorts, if you will.
0: Yes. Yeah. So you dig in. Okay. Whenever you're ready, you dig in. Okay. Keep, keep track of which one's A and which one's B. Um, and I will lead us through a brief history of pie. So several sources seem to indicate that the earliest pies were actually galettes or flat, freeform crusty cakes in Egypt. These morphed into a sweet pastry or a dessert. Uh, and when I looked into this, it was actually like a glob of honey in the middle of a grain or an oat crust,
1: mm. which kind of sounds delicious. It sounds very delicious.
0: Uh, so there's actually evidence of this on the tomb walls of the Pharaoh Ramesses II, who ruled from 1304 to 1237 BC uh, in the Valley of the Kings. So it's actually, in, there's like actually an inscribed drawing, like a drawing on the wall of his tomb of a person holding a platter, like of baked deliciousness. It looks like pancakes on this platter. Mm. So they believe this was maybe the earliest pies. So according to both the National Pie Council, which is a thing, And whatscookingamerica.net, for nearly all of the history of pie, crust was not the tasty treat we know to be a graham cracker crust or a flaky shortbread crust. Nay, in fact, historically, for hundreds of years, a pastry shell was the only form of a baking container used for anything, meaning that everything was a pie. They just cooked it right in this pastry shell. Hmm. unfortunately it also means that the crust was oftentimes too hard to eat which as a crust lover is a real shame to me
1: wait i have a question uh, wait sure. hold on am i allowed to ask questions i suppose okay i
0: probably don't have answers so
1: you're you talking ask. about like the savory pies like literally whatever they had they would put it in a pie
0: could be savory okay could be honey
1: okay anything's on the table
0: <laughs> anything's on the
1: do, table. Do, 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 do. <laughs> all right <clears throat> sorry please continue
0: to your point, though, um, regrettably, the early pies were predominantly meat pies. Um, so, pies uh, originally appeared in England as early as the 12th century, though it sounds pretty undecided whether that referred to baked pies. Uh, the first sure reference to kind of the pie as we know it now appeared in the oxford english dictionary in the 14th century so i think the point is the word pie could have been referring to something different than what we know as pie mm-hmm. but we know the word itself pie appeared uh, in the oxford english dictionary in the 14th century um so i've find a couple of sources that note that the word pie uh, may be related to the magpie which is I wrote it down as a quote, a bird known for collecting. You look like you know that from your hand gestures. (laughs) She has a mouthful of pie and there's some hand gestures of like piling Mm -hmm. things up.
1: You need to say what hand gesture it wasn't. (laughs) I don't know. It wasn't a finger gesture.
0: Oh, right. (laughs) She just like this gesture of piling things up because the magpie is known for collecting odds and ends in its nest. So that is what it sounds like the early pies were. That was, me was just flying. a collection. Oh,
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. Go on. I just love that you thought my arm motions were that smart for piling.
0: I, I only saw you. I, I saw you out of the corner of my eye, and what it looked like you were doing was like gathering things. And I'm just so in my head about a magpie now. Go on. Anyhoosie. in England, the crust was referred to as a coffin. Oh. That's weird, right? C-O-F-F-Y-N. Uh, there was actually more crust than filling. <gasps> mm. That's A-okay in my mm-hmm. book. That sounds like a delight. Uh, so again, often these pies were made using fowl and the leg. <laughs> this part got graphic. The legs were left to hang over the side of the dish and used as handles.
1: Oh, well, that's useful. Glad that didn't continue. <laughs>
0: Uh, So, fruit pies or tarts, those are usually called pasties, were probably first made in the 1500s, and English tradition credits uh, making the first cherry pie to Queen Elizabeth I. Unclear whether that was her directing a cook to make it for her or if she made it herself. I'm not sure. Pies were a staple of traveling and working people in cold northern European countries. So this is where like that, um, the meat pies come in Shepherd's into pie. play. Correct. Right. And so they were distinguished in these various countries by their locally available crops. So let's fast forward to the thing as Americans we care about. America. <laughs> pies came to America <laughs> with the first English settlers. America. <laughs> wikipedia said the first thanksgiving feast included fowl and venison which may have been included in pies fun fact settlers preferred pies over bread because they required less flour and they could really make them with anything they had easily available
1: okay i disagree with that completely (laughs) i think making a pie crust was harder than graduating school
0: it it is very challenging that's just
1: me that's just me
0: as a person who made one this week, it is very challenging. Um, so early American pie crusts were not eaten. Again, like we talked about a few minutes ago, they were actually designed just to hold the filling during the baking. So you would eat just the inside. Um, and it was during the American Revolution that the term crust was used instead of coffin. So they actually brought the word coffin over from England so we invented to talk crust. to the crust. The word. That's right. The okay. word. The word, not the actual concept. So over the years, pie has evolved to what it has become today, which is oftentimes called the most traditional American dessert. Uh, As with most culinary things in America, uh, each nationality and culture has brought with it their own interpretation or addition to the pie. So, for example, Wikipedia credited the Pennsylvania Dutch with having contributed, quote, a more aromatic, spiced and less sweet style of pie making while the French brought the approach of making pie with butter and a range of tart, galette, and pâté. Um, And in the U.S. South, African Americans enjoyed sweet potato pies due to the widespread availability of this type of potato. And in the Northeast, pumpkin pie was really popular because pumpkins were so widely available. Um, So to get to the pie you're enjoying today, Selena, the earliest published pecan pie recipe was in an 1866 issue of Harper's Bazaar. Interestingly, most cookbooks didn't include it until the 1940s, and it was around that time that it became that it became frequently identified as a southern recipe.
1: Ah, that was going to be my next question cuz I identified as super southern.
0: Yes. Yeah, I think it um it wasn't super popular until the late 1800s and then it seems pretty quickly became pretty, like, totally identified as this kind of southern delicacy. Hmm. I think because pecans are so, such a crop here. Uh, so unfortunately, as with everything delicious, big nutrition came after it. In the late 1800s, Sarah Tyson Rohrer, a cooking teacher and food editor, stated that all pie crusts, quote, are to be condemned. Wow,
1: that's aggressive.
0: There was something like you, you could, she, she claimed they were made with such fatty, terrible ingredients that you couldn't digest them. Hmm. Um, so in 1866, Harper's Bazaar in an, interestingly, I guess the same year as the uh, pecan pie recipe. Huh, Harper's, what's going on? Uh, they claimed, although we cry for pie when we are infants, <laughs> pie kills us finally. Because the crust can't be digested.
1: So dramatic.
0: Hmm. I, I couldn't find any evidence that they were like putting steel or something like arsenic in pie crust. So I'm not sure what that's all about. Uh, that hate is like totally lost on me. But that hate toward pie crust and pie in general, plus industrialization and in women going into the workforce, uh, because apparently only women can make pie, resulted in a downturn for this delectable delicacy. Oh. Taking it from something that was once made in Households Weekly to only an occasional indulgence. I didn't know the nutrition
1: thing at all. Yeah, Yeah. I would have thought the time thing for sure. Yeah. Well, also, nor did I, I guess, except for maybe like old cartoons, you know, they put the pie in the window and the smell would waft Mm -hmm. out and someone would come up, you know, like, I think of that, but it's very weird to me to think of someone making pie every week.
0: (laughs) I mean, wonderful,
1: but weird.
0: I mean, I didn't live in the 1800s, but people did it. I'm sure that also refers not just like an apple pie once a week, although I do think that's a thing. Mm-hmm. If you don't ever go to restaurants, like if you're only eating in your house all the time and you eat dessert most days, you can go through a pie in a week with a family of four or five or six or eight.
1: Oh, I didn't say I couldn't go through a pie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you and I identify with Charlene. I, c- I could eat one in a night.
1: Yes. I, I wasn't kidding about the sheet cake. I-, I will get my in-laws on here to vouch for me. That over the course of Casey's uncle's 50th birthday, I almost finished off a Costco cake by myself. Yes, other people had it. But over the course of the day, I kept going back for, I don't know, know—25ths.
0: So Sarah Tyson Rohrer would have been very disappointed in you. Uh, but fortunately, going back to our story here, uh, pie rebounded. <laughs> Which is really what we all want to hear. Mm -hmm. After World War II, the pie was back. Instant Pudding and Cool Whip helped it along because it made it so much easier to make pie. And then when they made the kind of like ready-made pie crust, that took out what you said earlier, the hard part of making it. So Mm -hmm. uh, Wikipedia, interestingly, called the 1980s, so the Designing Women era, a renaissance for pie. Oh. And there we come full circle.
1: I love it.
0: Uh, so I have a couple parting words as you finally consider which pie you think was homemade and which was bakery bought. Uh, I would encourage all of our listeners to consider joining the American Pie Council. Uh, it is a darn bargain at a lifetime fee of $45. You get access to their quarterly newsletter, The Pie Times. Cute. Not to be confused with high times.
1: Well you could put those two together.
0: Sure, they could fit. And a repository of recipes. And they also have a really nice historical timeline of pie.
1: Oh, that's so cute. I was actually gonna ask earlier, how do we get involved? And I didn't <laughs> there you I go. didn't know it was open. I thought maybe you had to be born into it or something.
0: <laughs> no, it's it's open to plebs like us, just general pie lovers. Got it. So they not like a... daughters of the American Revolution or something. No. However, okay. they did have levels of membership. So we would we would qualify, I think, as amateurs. But there was also like business and. Oh, gosh, I want to, some kind of version of professional. Uh, I also want everybody to know what distinguishes the various types of pies. So pies like people many times are defined by their crust. So a filled pie uh, is what's known as kind of like a single crust or a bottom crust. Um, That's like a pecan pie. So it has the pastry lining the baking dish and then the filling is placed on top of it and the top is left open. A top crust pie has the filling in the bottom of the dish and then it's just covered by the pastry uh, before baking. Then, Then this is, these are my favorites, the two crust pie where the filling is completely enclosed in the pastry shell. Um, A short crust pastry is the typical kind of pastry used for pie crust. So that's what you're eating, Selena, is a short crust. Uh, But of course, you can use all kinds of things. Graham cracker crumbs are my favorite, like a good chocolate s'mores pie or something with a graham cracker um, crust. But I also read that you can use baking powder biscuits and mashed potatoes. Hmm. I guess that would be like a shepherd's pie, maybe. Except I've always made a shepherd's pie. with, Yeah, I guess that's what it is. There you go. I just researched it right here while we're talking. So finally, uh, I just want everybody to walk away knowing pie is the food of the heroic. No pie-eating people can ever be permanently vanquished. Those words of wisdom were published in the New York Times in 1902. So, Selena, back to you. This has been The Nikki Show. Back to you. Which one was homemade and which was bakery-bought?
1: I'm going to, first of all, very enjoyable. What a show. (laughs) Thank you. Give me a little clap. And um, this was a little bit of a challenge. We'll see how that sounds on the recording. I really tried to turn my head to eat. Um, I think that A is store-bought and B is homemade.
0: Holy moly. You did not get that right. Really? 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 And I thought for sure the second you bit into it, A was the one I made. B was the store-bought.
1: Okay, are you going to let me, let me say? I know you said not to say favorites. First of all, I, they're very different. They're both pie, and I get that, but they're very different.
0: I haven't tried the, I obviously didn't try the second one. Well, I, I don't want to say obviously. What I gave you was like a mini pie in a little pie container. Mm-hmm. So I just cut you a little slice. So I didn't get to try that one. So I have no idea what that one tastes like. I mean. The store bought one. First
1: of all, you're, hmm. let me, see. the crust that you made is <laughs> phenomenal. Oh, hey, that's nice. It's phenomenal it's Aww, so good that's kind yeah I love it and it also it it was prettier to me really mm-hmm. huh. I thought it was prettier I th- I don't know it's it's more like glamorous or something the other one just I mean yeah. they're both they're both nice looking you're both nice looking <laughs> you can catch you a man I don't know anyway <laughs> but I, I don't know I just I'm yeah now, there was something, there was something different that almost, I could almost taste the vanilla in the store-bought mm. one.
0: Um, oh, interesting.
1: And, uh, but yeah, it's absolutely delicious.
0: I think you could say I'm pleased as pie to hear that. Actually, so I have a few funny things that you say. First of all, I want to say they're both maple bourbon pecan pies. Uh So I bought the bakery, bought one at Crave Pie Studio, which is right here in Duluth, in downtown Duluth, Georgia. Um, It's a very cute place. Incidentally, I did all my research for this and then went to pick up the pie. And they had that New York Times quote on the wall that I just read to you, which was really funny. funny. Okay. Uh, So, yeah, both maple bourbon pecan. Funny things to say. Uh, One, (laughs) I thought there was a lot of bourbon in the ones that I made. I just was kept pouring uh, and pouring according to the recipe. So good luck with that. Okay. Uh, part two, while I was making it, so again I said I made it under duress. We've talked a lot about, uh, and we don't need to belabor the point, but just it's 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 a busy time. Mm-hmm. We both have full time jobs. We're just squeezing this in where we can after work. So I was making these pies like real quick, trying to like get something to be able to give you in time for this. Uh, and one of my worries was that I didn't have time to get the crust thin enough. And I was I was really worried that it was a really thick crust. And as a crust lover, mm-hmm. that was feeling okay to me. But I taste tested one of them, and I was like, if I were on the Great um, uh, the Great British Bake Off, their one piece of feedback would be that was a lot of crust, very minimal, you know, filling.
1: The cr- it was a lot of crust, but the crust was good. So, and I like crust more than I like filling. So for me, I do the, too. For me, it's the perfect pie. I don't care what the British Bake Off says. This for is, me, this is you're your the perfect segment. co-host. Oh, stop that! It was <laughs> wonderful, though.
0: So oh, well, that was there. really fun. Thank you for playing along. Thank you for trying. Thank you for being willing to give that pie a go. Yeah. Oh,
1: th- thanks for being <laughs> willing to eat pie. Well, if I guess I gotta. <laughs> then I just gotta eat pie.
0: Uh. Um, so I will be happy to put the recipe. So I combined kind of two recipes to make that pie. Uh, I made mini pies. Um, So I combined two recipes to make them. So uh, I would be happy to put those in the show notes along with some of my references. I said a lot of Wikipedia, but actually I had references from other places as well. So I'd be happy to put those in show notes and a link to the National Pie Council.
1: Nice. I love it.
0: I was going to end it by just jokingly asking you which was your favorite, but I think you already told me which one. I did. I couldn't help myself. That, my friends, is the Extra Sugar.